0: Hello, deep sigh, deep breath. Happy Sunday. Um, This is the Sunday check-in. If you're listening to this, you're a member of the Sober Mom Life Cafe, and I can't thank you enough for supporting this space. Remember, this is unedited, so uh, you're going to hear the foibles and the fumbles and the slurps of coffee. And the uh, interruptions and all of this, all of the things. And there might be a few today. Oh, man, guys. Oh, man. So I thought I would just come on here and uh, check in. Normally, the Sunday check-in is for, I don't know, I've just, I, I share what I've been thinking about or like, you know, how we can think about going into a new week, tips for that, maybe a shift in perspective. I think today I'm just going to catch you up because I have been MIA. I have not been at our meetings um this week this last week. And I think most of you probably know what's been going on, but just in case, I'll just I'll just catch you all up. So um Oh man, it feels overwhelming. (laughs) So last Thursday, so was that the 6th? Yeah. So the 6th, I started feeling um, shitty, just I didn't feel good. I kind of took the day off, stayed in bed, just overall didn't feel good. Stayed in bed. Um... And then Friday, I felt better. I went to Dave Matthews' band. I told you guys about that on the last Sunday check in. Um, and I was like, oh, good. That was just a fluke. It was allergies, maybe. And then, and actually, Saturday and Sunday last week, I was feeling awful. And I had a high fever on and off. And this is all like on and off. So it would go up and go down, and I would feel much better mornings were generally better. And then as the day wore on, it just got worse and worse and just fever and aches and really bad joint pain. And, um, and then Monday felt better. And then Tuesday it would hit me again. And actually Tuesday I started getting a headache and, um, it would not let up and it was a horrible headache. I I've had a handful of migraines and it was different than a migraine. Um, nothing was helping it. So Tylenol, Excedrin, migraine—nothing, nothing made it go away. And Tuesday night, I could not sleep. It was so bad, and so even at night, it was just—I I could not escape this headache. Um, also, Tuesday, my two of my kids got diagnosed with strep. And we have been battling viruses since June 19th. And I only know that because um, that's when my husband went to Canada for a week. And like the day he left, my middle had a fever of 103.8. And so I remember. And so we've been just battling illnesses. Oh, hold on. Yeah, you can draw. Go ahead. And so... uh it's just been a summer of illness. And so they got diagnosed with strep on Tuesday. I got tested. Then I went to urgent care on Tuesday and I was like, okay, let's just get me tested. If this is strep 2 let's, you know, kick it in the butt. Let's uh, take some meds. So I was negative for strep COVID and flu. And so then in my mind, I'm like, okay, then I'm just, you know, I, I just am pushing through and it's going to get better. Also, to kind of frame this, uh, the Nordstrom anniversary sale, I could shop on Wednesday. And this is where it kind of gets like, okay, great, there's a sale. And you kind of have to know the ins and outs of being a style blogger. Um, and so this sale and this day, um, is the biggest day of my year. Okay. It's the biggest revenue day of my year. It's, you know, it's April. Okay. Hold on guys. I got to get the toddler some paper here. Look in there. So like if, yeah, pull it out. So if, It's it's tax day for an accountant. Okay. That's how big this day is. It's it's (laughs) it's bigger than holidays for style bloggers. If this is your niche and if um yeah, it's just it's a it's the biggest day. And so I was feeling all of this pressure because generally that Wednesday and Thursday, the first two days of the sale, when I can shop it you know it's a race against everything selling out and once everything's sold out yes you can still sell it because it it's just about the link that people click on but then they trust you less if you're going to link things that are sold out but then also it's a race against cookies and so you have your competitors who are going to drop their links and then their cookies are going to be in your um audience's browsers right? So this is some just behind the scenes of like why there's kind of a push and a sense of urgency when it comes to this big sale and the the biggest revenue days for us. And it's not just, you know, I think this is where you kind of get into the business of style blogging. This isn't just like, oh, I need to make a lot of money on this sale. We have numbers that we are held to right. Just like any business. And so if it's, if last year we did this amount this year, um, the powers that be are looking at us to beat those numbers. And so it's, um, it's, there's all the business stats and stuff that goes into it too, because this is a business. This, this isn't like, I just want to go shopping. This is my, um, full-time job. And so I was feeling very, very overwhelmed and stressed about feeling like shit and knowing that Wednesday, it wasn't a, if I could make it, it was, I, I had to, I had to do this. Okay. And so I, I had tested negative and so I felt okay going in knowing that I wasn't going to, um, you know, I. it's not like I was like highly contagious because I had tested negative for COVID strep and flu. That said, I had a horrible sleep Tuesday night. I, I did not fall asleep until 4 a.m. That was the headache. I just could not escape the headache. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't escape it. And then also, you know, the pressure of having to feel good at enough on Wednesday, and not only having to feel good enough, but having to look good enough to take pictures of myself, um, and be in a store and all of that. And so Wednesday, I get up. It's kind of I'm kind of in like autopilot. I'm like, well, this has to happen. So I get dressed, I shower, get dressed, and go to Nordstrom early, and I the part one is I had already, I had already ordered my stuff, but part one is the, the dressing room selfies of the things that I didn't, I didn't order, but that are cute in the store. So tried those on and I was just like, head down, just like, do it. Let's get through it. And I did. And, uh, By the time I got home and my order was not ready and I was like, I I literally can't be here another minute. It was probably, I was probably there for two hours and I was like, okay, I've kind of reached my max. I cannot do this. And I went home and I told my husband, I I have to go, I have to go to the doctor because something's not right. My headache was not letting up. Um, I overall just felt sick like shit more and more as the day went on, but it was general, it was mostly the headache. That was like, I was like, what is going on? This headache, it was probably always at a seven or an eight. And then when I would change position, like bend over or stand up, it would just be like this pulsing. It was like a nine. It was like, it it was intense. And so we went to immediate care and urgent care. And um, they said, is it the worst headache of your life? And I said, yes. And then uh, they said, "Okay, well, you have to go to the ER because we can't do anything here." And I was like, "Great!" And they said, "When when we hear worst headache of your life, we just don't mess around with that." And I'm thinking, "Okay, so I go to the ER. This is probably like two o'clock on Wednesday, um, and I'm wait. I wait for six hours in the waiting room, um." And, you know, like light, I, I, I can't stand looking at light. So I have a mask over my eyes. I'm laid out on the bench because I'm just overall feeling like hell. Um, I have a CAT scan and that's clear. That's good. Not clear. I mean, there is a brain in there, so it's not clear. But whatever, it's, it doesn't show anything concerning. No bleeding, no swelling. And so I finally get back into a room in the ER and the doctor's like, okay, so the CAT scan looked good. And I was like, great. And, you know, my goal in going to the doctor was like, just, just make it go away. Like at this point, I don't even, I don't care what it is. Like, I'm not thinking it's anything, you know, yes, sure. Do I. Do I totally uh, blow it out of proportion in my mind and think I have a brain tumor right away? Yes, but then when I hear the CAT scan's good, I'm like, great. So just give me something to make this go away. Like hook me up to an IV. Give me something. Maybe put me to not put me to sleep. That sounds like you're going to kill me. Um, Make me sleep because I haven't slept in you know however 48 hours, and just I, I couldn't eat anything um, just make it go away. Just make the pain go away, ship shape, and then we'll get out of here. And so she said, and my husband is gone at this point. Cause at this point it's probably eight 30. He had to leave shortly after dropping me off at the ER because our, you know, we have three kids. Um, and so I was alone and, in in the ER, and they did give me Benadryl and Reglin in an IV, which was helping um, and making me sleepy. And then so the doctor says, you know, the CT scan looks good. We are going to have to do a spinal tap um, just to make sure it's not like an infection in the brain. It's not viral or bacterial meningitis. And I'm thinking, (laughs) first of all, I'm Uh, A little out of it from the Benadryl. And, um, but I, I hear spinal tap and I'm like, holy shit. Like, what? Like, that sounds, that sounds intense. I, I, I've had an epidural, but this seems different. Um, and so I was terrified and I'm still working through this. I'm still processing all of this. And so I'm alone in the ER and they're getting ready first to give me a spinal tap. And I'm telling you it was terrifying. Um it was it, it felt medieval. I'm so glad the doctors were taking care of me and knew what they were doing and I knew that they, you know, had to do it and figure it out and they were focused on figuring out what was going on. But I was terrified and it was awful. It took a long time. It was way different than an epidural. Um there was rooting around and I couldn't move and there's a guy holding my legs and my feet and and I'm curled on my side with this thing in my spine. <laughs> And, uh, everything in my body is telling me to run and to flee and you're in trouble. And, and my nervous system was just going, it was, it was wild. It was terrifying and I couldn't move. And it was probably 15 minutes. I want to say, because she was like rooting around, couldn't find this pocket of to get the spinal fluid. And then once you finally got it, I guess it just drips out. And she had to fill like three things, three something. I don't know. I was just in total shock, shock. I I just thought I had a headache. Like, I don't know what's going on. I haven't eaten in two days. I haven't slept. I'm, I'm alone and I'm terrified. Okay. So the spinal tap's done and I'm just thinking, great. Like, let's just, okay, that's done. Keep it moving uh, let me go home. I just wanted to go home. Um, it takes, you have to lay flat on your back for an hour afterwards. Cause otherwise a spinal tap causes a headache because of the spinal fluid that they remove. Um, and so I'm laying flat on my back for an hour trying to sleep on this cardboard emergency room bed there's like mayhem going on around me there's a woman who's having a mental break screaming uh she keeps waking me up like screaming you guys it was terrifying she's saying please help me someone help me i need help i can't do this like for an hour um that was terrifying And then the doctor comes in at some point and says, it doesn't look like it's bacterial meningitis, but because of some sort of white blood count or um, white blood cell, I don't know, you guys, I'm not a doctor. uh, We're thinking it's viral meningitis. And (laughs) And so you have to be admitted. And I'm like, what? Like, what is going on? I, I, at this point, I was like in a haze. I was like, what has been happening? I was so in shock from everything. And so they're going to admit me. And she said, it's looking like this culture takes like 72 hours to, to figure out what it is. So it looks like I'll be here for a couple of days. And also like, I can't see because I have contacts and I didn't bring anything I thought that they were just gonna give me some medicine for my headache and then I'd be on my way. So I don't have anything. I don't have drops. My contacts are all blurry and dry, and I can't see anything. So I can't really text anybody. I'm trying to text, but I can't see. I can't see what my husband's texting me back. Um, it's 3 a.m. at this point. And so I'm being admitted. And so I was admitted and uh because it's all like so crazy, and then I'm going up to a room and I'm trying to sleep because I still haven't gotten much sleep. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what viral meningitis is. I, 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 I'm just in such shock and still feeling like hell. Um. And so now it's just a lot of waiting. Now, I, I've at this point I've probably seen three doctors. I see two more. Then the next morning, that say, "We just have to wait. We just have to wait to see what these cultures say." We're treating you as if it's viral meningitis. So I'm on an antiviral. I'm on an IV of an antiviral. Um, they give me a steroid that feels like my body is burning inside. It's wild. Um, for like the, for, for like 10, 15 seconds, it feels like my body's in flames and then it goes away. It's so weird. Um, yeah. And so then they're just treating me as if I have viral meningitis and, and it's kind of, now it's like blurry. Like my husband comes, my mom comes down, thank God to help me with the kids and you guys all this time. And I'm, you know, feeling like shit and i'm thinking i i have to i i have to post my nordstrom stuff and and i'm thinking oh my god i'm just i'm just not going to be able to do my job which is like i know that sounds crazy to be thinking about but it's just reality um and so now it's just a lot of waiting and this is like Thursday. Thursday they still don't know anything. They're still waiting. They they tested me for strep again. No, it's still not strep. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I am starting to feel better. Thank God. The headache at this point is is much better than it was when I came in. But I'm still just like scared and not knowing what's going on. Um yeah, I'm I'm just waiting at this point. And then one doctor would say, "Well, we can't rule out bacterial meningitis." And they keep testing my neck to make sure I can move my neck and my feet and my And so, it was like a whirlwind. So, long story short, they finally get the tests back. This was on Friday. And it's not viral meningitis. The infectious disease guy comes in. No, it's not. It's just some nasty virus, and we don't know what it is. Um, And I asked if it could be fifth disease, which is, I think, what my kids had before they had strep. And he said, yeah, it could be parvovirus. Um, Sorry, hold on. Can you hear my three-year-old counting? Um, and so guys, long story short, they don't know what it is. They don't know what it was. It was just a virus. It was not meningitis. Thank God. Thank God. Hey, that's too loud. Um, and i just wanted to go home i will tell you uh i the nurses in there were amazing and i i bonded with the nurse who i had all day on i think thursday and she said that two out of four the four patients that she had that day were detoxing from alcohol and um that she actually stopped drinking because of how often she has patients in there who are detoxing from alcohol and she sees the effects up close. And then it's really scary. Obviously, we know that you can um you can die from detoxing from alcohol. You can't die from detoxing from like opioids, but from alcohol, it's very dangerous. So, and I would like hear the calls that she would get when she was in my room and she's, you know, the calls would be like you know, number 20 room 20 is on can't stop shaking. And, um, and that they were detoxing from alcohol and I'm trying to pe like, you guys, I have so many thoughts. I have so many thoughts, but, um, I don't know, just the whole thing It was a whirlwind and I was terrified and I came home then uh, Friday afternoon, I finally got to come home and which doesn't feel like I was there for two nights, right? But it felt so much longer and that's like hospital delirium, I guess is a real thing. And I got home and I I just had to sleep And, and even yesterday, Saturday, I felt like I was very like weak. I felt like I was in a dream state. Like I couldn't get my thoughts. Like I I, even being awake for more than a couple of hours was exhausting. Yes, I did do my other, my try on my haul for Nordstrom because guys, I'm telling you, that's how, that's how, uh, what a big deal the sale is for style bloggers. And then I was in bed the rest of the day and I took like four naps. Um, I'll take more naps today. I still don't feel like myself quite yet. Um, I don't know. The whole thing was wild. It just makes me so grateful for my health. Um, and really, you know, I always say I get triggered when I get sick. And I was like, I was triggered having a headache that, that long before I went in to say like, God, like I, I don't drink and I'm still waking up feeling like shit. And I get really down and depressed when I'm sick. Um, but I feel, I just feel so grateful for my health and for my sobriety, um, on the side of it. because. I think that if alcohol was still in the picture, you know, I would probably discount a headache. I would not trust my gut to say something's not right. And granted it wasn't, thank God it wasn't meningitis or something life-threatening. Um but it was still really bad and I and I still needed help with it. And I'm I'm glad that I could trust myself and know my body enough to say something's not right. Um, I need help. And I think that if alcohol is in the picture, that just muddies everything, right? We always talk about how alcohol is such a barrier to knowing, first of all, how we feel, and then knowing what we need. And, um, I just feel so grateful. I feel so grateful for this body of mine and my health and my mind. And the fact that alcohol is no longer in the picture to fuck everything up because it will. It just will. And I think that that became so clear listening to that nurse talk about her two other patients and like, and how much she sees alcohol and its effects in the hospital. And how many people come in with alcohol poisoning and detoxing off of alcohol. And like the idea that we're taught that it's it's not dangerous or that it's not a drug and it's not as dangerous as drugs is wild. I never... I never use like scare tactics on on the podcast and on here to talk about alcohol, right? I'm never, I just don't think they work. I don't think, I think that that tends to lean more AA. But man, it's fucking scary. She was telling me about a patient that she had, and I've heard these stories from my mom too, who has had many clients like this, but she, um this nurse was telling me about a patient she had recently who was in there detoxing from alcohol and she had gotten into a car crash and uh, killed her best friend, the passenger, and she was going to prison for it. And uh, that's just, that's just the reality and, you know, that's not a – she wasn't cracked out. She wasn't high on heroin. She wasn't – she's not a junkie. Uh, she drank alcohol. And that doesn't even mean she was drinking uh, Jack Daniels out of a brown paper bag on the street. She could just have had glasses of wine. Right? And I don't say this to scare us, but it's the truth. And that's the truth about alcohol and what it does and what it'll fucking take. It'll take everything. It will take everything. It doesn't fucking care. It will take everything. And just hearing those stories, and she was like so open with me, about her journey too. She's, she had just turned 30 and she stopped drinking because of everything that she's seen and her drinking had ramped up during COVID. Of course she's a nurse, right? And so everything she was having to deal with and she just saw, she was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like when, when you see alcohol and its effects all around you, it's really hard to see it as a good time right? And as something additive. And I don't say this to scare any of us. I just say it because it's the truth. And like being in there, uh, man, just this idea that removing this substance from our lives could just take that possibility off the table. I know this is going to sound stupid, but. Removing alcohol from our lives will guarantee we will never be in the hospital detoxing from alcohol. That will guarantee it. It will guarantee we will never be pulled over for a DUI. It will guarantee we will never be on the, at fault, even though it's, it's alcohol but we will never be sentenced to prison for our best friend's death, like because of driving under the influence. We will never drive under the influence. There will never be that question mark. And it's that question mark, right? It's that question mark. Every time we drink, it's a fucking question mark. It's a question mark. And that, to me, and to all of us, it should be terrifying. Because it is. It's terrifying. And I don't say this to scare us, but I do want to just reiterate and just remind, because we're so inundated with images that alcohol is not dangerous and that it's makes us happy and it's glamorous and it's all of these things. It's just a huge fucking lie. Alcohol is terrifying. And letting it into our lives to do what it wants to do and what it's going to do because it's a highly addictive substance is fucking terrifying. I know that the (laughs) I know that this isn't the uh whew, I know that this isn't the uplifting Sunday check-in that it normally is, or that I sometimes try to have it be Sunday is generally my day of you know slowing down and basking in gratitude and thinking about the week ahead. This Sunday it is a little bit different. And uh, I, hope, I hope that you receive this how I mean it. I, I don't want to scare you. I just want us to remember to be grateful for our health and to be grateful that we're giving ourselves a chance to live life without alcohol so we can know how we're feeling and what we need, so that we can take away the question mark. We can do anything. We can feel anything. We can deal with anything. As long as alcohol isn't there to get in the way, we can do it. We can do anything. And we can feel it all. We can figure it all out. We can. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of this space. And um, thank you. Thank you for, if you've gotten, if you've listened to all 32 and a half minutes of this, thank you. Thank you for all of your messages. Um, thank you for, you know, all of, the, all of the thoughts and well wishes and love you're sending my way. I am totally fine. I am healthy and I'm so grateful for my health. Now I'm just working on getting my legs back under me. And uh, I want to take it easy a little bit. I'm going to see what I could take off my plate and and, uh, try to enjoy the rest of the summer that we have. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this. Don't forget, come Tuesday, oh, Gray made a mohawk. I love your mohawk, buddy. (laughs) It's so cute. Oh, wow. Okay, guys. I think that's a sign. Thank you to all of you and let's let's talk Tuesday. Okay. Bye.